Hello, friends, and welcome. <clears throat> Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 234 of the Juice Box Podcast. Those of you who listen every week are going to be like, "Wait, what's happening?" There's another episode out, but I already got an episode this week. Oh my gosh, what have I done to deserve this? The answer to that question is simple: You've subscribed to the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Omnipod. Dexcom and Dancing for Diabetes. You can go to dancing the number four diabetes.com, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox to find out more. I can't really tease who's on the show because you guys see it in your podcast app, so I'm not gonna bother doing all that. But I'm very excited today to have Kevin Sayer back on the show, CEO of Dexcom. He's gonna be talking about everything that's going on, a little bit about the future a little bit about G6 upgrades that are coming. Going to find out what happened at Costco, talk about their manufacturing, their phone service, and so much more. I want to say two things. First, of course, nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before becoming bold with insulin or making any changes to your medical plan. And the second thing I want to tell you is thank you to everybody who follows me on social media who sent in their questions. The ones that trend towards Kevin's expertise were given to Kevin, and I've set up another interview to get Jake Leach back on the program to ask the other stuff. So if you don't hear your question today, I'm telling you, you're going to hear it very soon in an upcoming episode. Hi, Scott. How are you? Very well, thank you. How have you been? Busy, but good busy. <laughs> that's a good, I was going to say that's excellent. I have a couple of questions for you from my audience, but I really want to hear what's going on. I think I know one of the things you're going to say, and it was overwhelmingly one of the questions that people asked. So your timing on, on this is a big deal. So I guess let me ask you about Apple Watch first. Okay, and and I will I, I will say this to your to your audience and to your listeners to everybody, we are working on that frantically. What we are planning on doing with our Apple Watch release is that requires a different firmware in all the transmitters uh, and a different interface with Bluetooth than is in the current transmitters that are out in the field. So over the course of time, after we get the the software revision that supports direct to Apple Watch, all uh, then filed, approved by the FDA. As we get through all the transmitters that are out there, we will then release this. This is not something, quite honestly, Scott, we're going to turn on overnight because then the switchboard would break and everybody would say, I have to, it, this isn't working and why? Yeah. And the reason it isn't working is because you don't have the right hardware. So as we cycle through, our transmitter cycles, one day you're all going to wake up and direct to Apple Watch is going to be there. I personally am using the direct to Apple Watch uh, app, trying it out. The engineers let me try everything out before everybody else. And got to say, it's it, it's really nice. Uh, what I like best about it was like one night I put my phone away and used the direct to Apple Watch as my nighttime Thing. And I, you know, I don't have lows or highs, but at night I just woke up and took a look and fun, and and that is good. And then ultimately, if you have the cell plan on the Apple Watch, I, I believe, and I'm speaking a little bit out of turn. I'm not sure how the first release works, but over time, 
theoretically, you, the Apple Watch could go to share as well. So I, I, I think direct Apple Watch is a is something that our patients really want, and and, and the tech, you know, the programming is about there. We just have to cycle through some hardware and do this in an organized manner. Well, I think that I think that there's a there's always the the desire to just get people excited about something. Like, hey, we have this great thing coming. You guys have been looking at it for a while. You know how exciting it is. And you you tease it because you're like, look, it's coming. But then if you don't hit that date, it just, it's, it, I don't know. It, it it's, seems, it's, it's something, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it stinks when that happens. I understand, but, but you also understand, because you've read the blogs, um, sometimes our phones go wacko. Mm-hmm. And, and and oftentimes through no fault of our own. And I don't want to deliver a customer service experience with respect to the Apple launch, Apple Watch direct launch that becomes a negative because I'm try, we're trying to swap out every transmitter in the United States. Yeah. I don't we don't want to go through that. We don't want to put our patients through that. It, it, it will happen. It will happen in an organized. Listen, it would be amazing if you just got it into everyone's hands. They didn't realize they had it. And then one day you just make one grand announcement and say, hey, by the way, that transmitter you're using right now works with your Apple Watch. And you that's, know. That's, that's kind of what we're, that's what we're shooting. That's excellent. Elizabeth Forrest was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 10. As a dance student, Elizabeth decided to start a nonprofit organization. Now, this was not something that she had thought about doing before, but of course, either was having type 1 diabetes. After her diagnosis, she was driven by a determination to not let diabetes negatively impact her life. And so what started as a community fundraiser organized by a middle school student is today a full-scale theatrical production. And that is really just the beginning of what Dancing for Diabetes does. To find out what else Elizabeth has born into the world, go to dancingfordiabetes.com. That's dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. So what is it you've been talking about recently? We have a lot going on. Um, you know, at ADA, leaving ADA, the first thing that, that that struck me while I was there was the, spro- the response I got from physicians and patients on the Gen 6 system. Um, we've always had great technology, Scott, but the response when I would ask people, tell me about your Gen 6 experience, was literally more emotional than anyone I've ever had with their other product launches. This product has hit the right spots uh, with the ease of use and, and with the no calibrations and with the features that we've put in. It, it really uh, is a great product. I recently We recently had a 360 management review here, and one of the things they said to me is you're really good at praising people for a short time, and then you turn around and say, okay, let's go. <laughs> and, and what ADA showed me is I I, I really respect uh, the effort that our engineering team has put into this one. We will never not improve the product we have out in the field. So we are looking at software features to add, revisions to our apps, things that we can do to make it more reliable uh, in, in the field. We're even looking at you know at things like new tape. Is there a tape that would be more sticky? It would eliminate some of the sensors that, that fall off uh, rather than, you know, I'm sure people will still use the overtape as well. We're looking at all sorts of G6 revisions of that nature uh, over the next 
18 months, 18 to 24 months to get G6 exactly where it needs to be. The other thing that's very exciting for us and one of our, our corporate goals is to double the capacity for the number of G6 sensors that we can make. Uh, if we double that capacity and can make it available to more patients and more accessible, I, I think that serves the community very well. Two other exciting things uh, for me, you know, the announcements at ADA around artificial pancreas work, Dexcom was pretty much in the middle of all of them. It certainly was. Tandem's data, well, IQ system, and the data obviously presented by uh, by our type zero people who who wrote that algorithm. Uh, the insulin data with with their Horizon system, and then the loop announcements where we're looking at open architecture and an open world to, to whereby even possibly a Medtronic pump patient could, in an authorized manner, run an algorithm with a Dexcom sensor on their pump. Yeah, that's staggering. We've come a long way uh, as a company. Uh, and and where we used to just be this tiny little group, we're kind of at the center of everything. And, and, and the last piece... Um, is we're very excited about, in addition to G6, uh, our future product pipeline. I can't push our G7 technology. I can't push the guys fast enough on that either. It is uh, it is going to be as big a step forward as G6 was over G5 uh, from the experience, particularly the ease of use in the physical components with just one piece, throwaway transmitter, smaller insertion system, one button push, fewer steps than G6, uh, longer wear period. Uh, it it really addresses a lot of things people would like to see us address with G6. We we've addressed a lot of things with G6, but but we'll address more there. Uh, it it is a it is a time of continual innovation for us, and as BGM gets more and more accepted. We've made the goal publicly in our investor presentations. We want to replace finger sticks. Yeah, I don't know if I really believed that in 2012 and 2013 <laughs> and 14. You believe it now? Oh, yeah. I, I believe that there will come a day when CGM will be so accessible and the experiences can be defined in so many different ways that anybody dealing with their diabetes can have a great experience with a CGM product that will give them more information that they can get from any anything else, and they can do it on a be able to do it on a cost-effective manner. I have a question about that. So, how do you get the product that you have now into a form factor that allows it to be as accessible as a blood glucose meter to everybody, like financially? It, you know, it is not the form or even the cost of manufacturing the product. Uh, as far as getting it there, it's access through the payer community. We have an entire team whose sole goal in life is to make access to Dexcom products easier for our patients. And we believe the easiest way to get our product over time is going to be through the traditional channels where our patients get everything else. And right now that's through the pharmacy or through a pharmacy benefit with their insurance carrier. The form factor, there are some some form factor considerations, but they're they're very high level. I mean, just like boxes and having transmitters, receivers, and sensors and that type of thing with our G7 system, it will be much easier, but we're trying to lay the groundwork and do that now with G6. Uh, we have coverage as a pharmacy benefit in more than half of the insurance carriers, but it's not overly well known because they cover it 
in the DME, DME world the same way uh, that they've covered in the past. If we can make it easier for our patients to get this, we know over time with increased access, we get more patients and pricing will move down as you get more and more people on the system. We're, we're prepared for that. Where it gets very expensive for us is you've been through the reorder process. Sure. Every time we answer that phone, and then we call the doctor, and then we call the insurance company, and then we call you back, and there's all these steps. It takes 22 days. It, it takes almost less time to buy a house, mm. and, and, and we need to eliminate that. And, and so we need to increase access and get our patients there. And you'll see aggressive steps by us to do that over the next several months. Is part of that by partnering with people, like sort of in the same way that you've you've got these relationships now with Insulate and Tidepool and all that stuff, is it is it to get those those like what happened to Costco? I guess I have to ask you, but like, is that the idea? Costco, Walgreens, uh, CVS, that kind Costco's of Costco is a great Costco is a great thing, and I'll tell you exactly what happened at Costco, and it's an unintended consequence. We set Costco up to whereby cash patients could go in and buy sensors. And as we set that up, we did a structure with our wholesaler and all the people involved to make the transmitter extremely low cost so the patients could pay cash for the sensors. And quite honestly, we ate the cost of the transmitter. So that was a hit for Dexcom. When the patient community found out they could get transmitters cheaply at Costco, they went there, paid cash for their transmitters, but did not buy the sensors there. And so we're we're losing money hand over fist for something we did to be nice. Yep. Uh, and so we've restructured that, uh, and 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 that will come in a different way in the future. Um, <laughs> and again, the law of unintended consequences. We did something nice, and and it ended up getting a lot of people into Costco, and a lot of people interested in our product at Costco, but not in the manner that we'd hoped. <laughs> So you're going to have some safeguards in place and reintroduce it in a way that you will 100% need to yeah. be a cash payer yeah. and you will need to be. Uh, or, or, or through pharmacy contract. Again, uh, as our patients check, if they, they check with their pharmacist, if the pharmacist can find out whether or not uh, they're covered in the pharmacy benefit or contact their Dexcom person, some of our patients could probably switch over to the drugstore if, if they want to now. Who, who have not, and and not just the drugstore, not just Walgreens, but but several of the others as well. Okay. Um, we're we're working through that whole channel, developing relationships with the Costco's, Walmart's, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens. Uh, we've announced digital digital content sharing programs with Walgreens, where we're going to work uh, with them to provide a better experience for our patients in in the Walgreens environment. Uh, to whereby Walgreens Dexcom becomes part of the Walgreens infrastructure for our patients, and 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 there can be data sharing. If obviously, if the patient chooses, subject to the same privacy requirements we've had in the past. But you know what we'd like to see someday, Scott, is on the G6 app. When you run out of sensors, you tap the Walgreens or or whatever button and say, "I want to pick up some more," and you go pick them up, and you're done. And I believe we can do that. It's going to take some time, but those are the types of investments we need to make to make this more accessible for our patients and make it 
easier for him to get. And it, it absolutely does need to be. I just, while you were looking, I just took a look. And this is just a one day. It's just one day. It's the last 24 hours. But in the last 24 hours, my daughter's estimated A1C is 4.7. Her standard deviation is 29. Her average blood sugar is 88. She's better than me. <laughs> well, I tell you all the time. I tell people all the time, the way we get to those numbers doesn't really exist without Dexcom. Like, I can't make the decisions that I make without without the information that comes back from the sensor. It's just that simple, really. And it uh, it's heartbreaking that everybody can't have it who wants it, you know? I, I, I don't know how a person would do this. I, I got to be completely honest with you. I really don't know how a person would do this other than eat the same thing every day at the same time and literally make your life the most regimented thing in the world. I I have tremendous empathy for our patients. I really do. I think uh, we've made this easier in many respects. There are other ways we can make it easier in the future. You saw the interconnected announcements that I, I went over earlier, these automated insulin delivery systems will help a number of patients. There will still be patients who don't want uh, an insulin delivery device attached to their body. We believe with the things coming with integrated pens uh, from independent companies and also directly from the insulin manufacturers, that we can develop decision support infrastructure to replicate some of the things you do on a daily basis. You know, I, I asked a patient recently, tell me, Tell me what you want. And and it was a mom. And, and she said, a newly diagnosed son, and she said, I am so tired of making these decisions for my boy. And she said, I don't even know if I'm most of the time because he's just learning. She says, this is exhausting. And, and it was a young woman, a young mother that I know from a long time ago. She's about the same age as my children. And listening to that firsthand, just created a tremendous amount of empathy. We have technology to do that, but we need to get that out in an organized and thoughtful manner to our patients. Yeah. Now, for certain, let me ask you a couple quick questions. G6 for Medicare, is that close by any chance? More than likely fourth quarter. Uh, we plan on doing it this year. The, the G6 for Medicare has been, uh, been a tough one for me personally. Um, We've not had capacity to supply G6 product to the entire, all the user base uh, around the world, and G6 global launch to manage that rather than than launch into Medicare and then tell everybody you get to wait even longer for product and upset all our customers. We've had to do what we've done. We'll get this product to Medicare before the end of the year, and I think that patient base will be absolutely thrilled with it. Hey, listen, I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard tell of it, but I got to walk through Insulate's new manufacturing facility in Massachusetts. Uh, I have too. Yeah. It is spectacular. No, no kidding. It, it's a, it's an incredible, uh, I, I tell people all the time, like that's a company really putting their money where their mouth is. Like, look, we're going to build our manufacturing oh. right here at home. And it's, it's state of the art in a way that it's hard to put in words. I'm actually trying to interview the gentleman who, oversaw its its design and construction because it's just you know what i i have such admiration for what they've done uh we are doing similar things in our arizona factory Mm -hmm. we will have uh, a number of g6 automated lines up and running in arizona literally where where the robots put the sensors together yeah 
and we believe the quality from the robotic lines will be extremely good. We are balancing the number of automated G6 lines we put up in place as we develop manufacturing processes for the G7 One of our, our, our big dilemmas, Scott, uh, a perfect example, the insertion device for G6. Every part in that is different than what everything was for the previous 12 years. Every piece. And when we go to the G7 system, we've not saved much from G6. We're going through uh, what one would refer to as the cost of innovation again. And are you willing to bet on that and make those type of capital investments? And we are, because uh, this is what we do. But it, it, is, it is interesting to sit and strategically figure out how much to spend where and how. And that's why I really love the way Inflet made their decision right out their factory. It is, it's awesome. And, and, and we will be replicating that in Arizona. Uh, we'll always, we'll, we, our hope is to manufacture 75 to 80% of our product there over the next five years. And then the other 25% here in San Diego uh, and, and then decide when and if we, we build yet another manufacturing plant and what the capacity for that would have to be. Is Quality manufacturing, the key to stable sensors, like ones that last the, the 10 days they need to last or what, like what, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Oh no, I, I absolutely know what you're saying. I think there are a number of variables in there. Quality of manufacturing is very helpful, but by and large, the quality of our manufacturing is pretty good. There are a couple other things that, 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 that drive to the early uh, sensor shutoff. One of them is the ICGM standards. Uh, we we have an obligation to perform at an accuracy level with the G6 product that is higher than anything we've ever had. And by the way, we allow for no calibrations. There are times in our software where we detect the data would not be adequate for the ICGM standards that, that are applicable for us in the design of this product. So quite candidly, we shut it off and, and have it stop working when in reality, our users with our previous systems would have relied on that data and they would have been fine because of the accuracy bar that we're performing to now, we have some sensors that shut off. The things we do to, to fix that with, with G6 are we look at the algorithm because we've always been able to launch an algorithm with every generation of product that we've launched while we improve performance. Mm -hmm. We look at, at, at new sensor membrane materials uh, that might be more stable, and in reality, those will probably come in G7. We we probably would not roll them into G6, and and we look at uh, you know the, the, mainly the algorithm, and we contemplate different manufacturing techniques that we can do within the range that we've submitted to the FDA. But I think the most reliability change in the short term we can get is is algorithm updates, and with 288 points coming in per patient per day via our servers. We have a lot of things we can simulate. Algorithm development can move very quickly here, and our guys have some really good, good ideas, and, 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 and so we'll, we'll work on that all throughout the lifetime of the G6. Don't you think it's time to try out an Omnipod? You can request a free experience kit today, a pod experience kit by going to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Here's the important part. Tubeless insulin pump. No tubing. Not connected to anything. Small. 
wearable, doesn't get in the way, can sleep with it, can bathe with it, can swim with it. Hmm? How exciting is this? I mean, it's hard to get really super jacked up about an insulin pump, I guess, but you should because Omnipod is that next level. It's what you're looking for. My daughter Arden has been wearing an Omnipod since she was four years old. She's about to turn 15. Every day from four to now, wearing an Omnipod is absolutely a staple in her life. Giving yourself insulin with a push of a button is amazing. Not being attached to a tube is freeing. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. You don't even have to take my word for it. Get a free pod experience kit sent to your home. Try it on for yourself. See what you think. I'm now going to sing an impromptu love song to Omnipod. Oh, Omnipod, we love you so much. Your top is smooth. Your insulin is cool. The way you make me feel doesn't... I'm, I'm not a songwriter at all. Boy, that just became painfully obvious, didn't it? You know what? You're lucky here, though, because Omnipod makes insulin pumps way better than I sing. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juicebox with links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Do you share that data with anyone or is that used just internally? Like, are you, does Tidepool, for instance, have access to it? Tidepool, absolutely. A patient, if a patient goes to Tidepool and says, I want my Dexcom data, and they, they, there's a security protocol they go through with us, then that patient's data would be available in Tidepool. We have created an API infrastructure to allow patients, if they want their data on other apps, to grab their data. Now, we do make it retrospective, a three-hour delay. Uh, but no, we, we make data available uh, to a number of partners. We make data available retrospectively to Apple HealthKit. Uh, for patients who want to access their data that way. So we do make that data available uh, for patients. We do not make the entire server's worth of data available to, to the open world. We have a developer portal uh, at Dexcom for the APIs that contains uh, the identified patient data that if somebody wanted to go in and develop an app around CM data, we have a data lake of, of sample data that they could go work with and develop something with uh, without a whole lot of difficulty. Um, listen, I'm going to just tell you this so I don't forget, but overall, with the really hundreds of messages I got, there were just so many people who just wanted to say thank you and show their gratitude. Well, so I, I don't And I will give you an extra five minutes because oh. we started late. So go to 1035. You're, you're very nice. Okay. So okay. I'm looking at my list. And I'm trying to decide what to do. This one's a little bit of a... Uh, I don't, this isn't a, a humble brag, but the, the podcast is spreading in such a way that I received the same message from Canada, Australia, Hong Kong, and Hungary. They all would like you to throw your weight around a little bit and get them the G6 as fast as you can. Um, Hungary, especially, who said they're still using the G4. Hungary is, uh, has not been a large market for us. We have some plans to get to these other markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a large extent been the same issue. That, that has delayed the launch with Medicare. We have not had the capacity to go all these places. As we build out our factory and build out our manufacturing lines, uh, we will we will launch in an organized manner in these places. And again, I spent time with our Australian distributor uh, at the ADA meeting. Uh, I had dinner with him. I heard loud and clear 
And, and, and in Europe, in some of the smaller geographies, we're developing some innovative plans, uh, possibly some other distribution strategies to get there because we may not have found the right distribution partner. So Hungary and some of these other markets, hold on, we'll, we'll get there. Okay, so in the same vein of, uh, of, of you flexing your muscles, I have a question. I hear over and over again from people about the stress around getting their supplies in time. The idea that insurance won't let me reorder till something happens. And if I experience a transmitter that doesn't last as, you know, six days as long as it should or, or that it's expected to, that, that people have an incredible amount of stress around that. Is there a way to change what the, the norm is around letting people reorder so that they don't experience gaps? Because, you know, Dexcom becomes such an, just an integral part of their life. And then all of a sudden it's gone for a couple of days and some people are just panicked by it. And so, so Scott, yeah. this is the bane of my existence. Okay. In all honesty, uh, I would love to make this easier. I want to go on record. We've created some of these problems this year. Again, with the supply constraints we have been experiencing, we've had to delay shipments for patients from time to time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's it's a one-day delay, sometimes it's a three-day delay, sometimes it's been longer. And so when a patient orders and then we create a delay, that's very problematic. The other thing that happens, and, and, and a lot of this, this behavior is dictated by the terms we have with the insurance companies, that you can only order in some specific time frame, and they do make it difficult. Yeah. I would love to make it easier. We are exploring a number of business models. I'll give you two examples that I bounced off people at, at ADA. The Medicare business model is our Medicare patients pay a monthly fee, and they get what they need. And the way Medicare is actually designed, and, and they're still on G5, they get strips and sensors every month. They get what they need every month. Right. They get transmitters when they need them, and Medicare pays the same fee every month, and the patient pays their copay. A subscription model uh, for our patients, I, I, I would love that. Uh, the other thing is, again, getting, getting them to the drugstore, getting them easier for patients to get. Where this gets tricky, and, and so I'll counter with something back to you, is, is the warranty. Uh, uh, Dexcom's warranty policy is, is, is a gold standard of our company. Uh, we replace most everything anybody calls about. Right. At some point in time, We've got to figure out a way to better interact with, with the patient community. I guess that it's more accountability for Dexcom and more accountability for our patients. So let me throw a theoretical out there. If we have a 15-day sensor and it lasts for 12 and it falls off and I, and I send you a new one, we've now lost 13 days of patient revenue because we were good. So the cost of that isn't just the cost of the sensor. There's a cost to us economically. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know our patients bear such a burden that it's only fair today. But as, as this becomes more accessible, as costs come down, as we become more accountable, I think we need business models where we're all more accountable and where, where Dexcom has to be more accountable is our products have to be more reliable. Uh, and we think we've done well with G6, but I set the bar very high for those guys. And, 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 and so I, I think this whole business model to make it easier for patients has to be, it, it, it has to change. And it's an effort between Dexcom and the payers 
and and making that structure so it's easier. I, I, I totally empathize. Uh, in fact, one of your peers said to me, I hope you don't read all the blogs. And I said, tell me why. He said, because you might take personally people's frustration with the supplies. He said, please don't. The reason they're frustrated is they really depend on this device. And when they don't have it, it really ruins your day and it ruins your week. And, 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 and it's very uncomfortable. And, and you know what? That's the perspective we have to take. We need to make sure patients have it. Yeah. And, and, and we're looking at a number of ways to do that. Uh, haven't found the perfect answer yet, but, but we're trying. Yeah, I think that's a that needs to be the message. I think for some people who's have the frustrations, is that it's. It, I hope they don't imagine you guys all sitting around well, going well, like, ha, ha 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really think that I go home at night saying I was able to mess with these people. They didn't get their product today. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, no, that is the last thing that we want to happen. Yeah, that, I think that's even a. a a good look at what you were talking about, about the frustration because of how much you count on it, how much you love it. So I think Dexcom doesn't really need an official ad in this episode because we've just heard from Kevin and we're about to hear more about how fantastic the product is. And I can tell you this, my daughter's been wearing a Dexcom. It it seems like forever. It's been so long. I don't remember a life without it. And everything you hear us talk about on this podcast stems from the data that comes back from the Dexcom. If you're not using Dexcom now and you don't think you want it or you don't think that it's for you, I would implore you to take a shot because it is life altering. It will change the way you live, love, laugh, run, jump, sleep. Everything gets better when you can see the data that comes back from the Dexcom G6. Not having to wonder what your blood sugar is doing and actually being able to see it is transformative. I can't stress it enough. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. There's also links in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you're not a believer, take a leap. I think you'll be happy that you did. And if you're sitting on the fence, get off the fence. You're going to hurt your butt. I have a question for you. So you moved your your phone, um, your, your your CSRs into fi- the Philippines. Is that right? Yeah, and our tech, our tech support function, and I'm happy to address that too. I just want to know what the what the process is like because it's not a that's not a turnkey operation. I would imagine. I imagine you have to get it there, it, and, and there are bugs to work it, out. It has not been a turnkey operation, and in fact, we kept all those who wanted to stay with Dexcom who had those jobs domestically. We've kept for a significant amount of time. And and we literally had double the people that we had. It has not been turnkey at all. We've done this in, in as much of an organized manner as we can. Over time, the way this will work, uh, our inside sales will be over overseas. We will have some high-level support people here in the States. And the same with tech support. The first-level tech support will be in our Philippines call center with the specialists who, when you get down to my reading appears to be three-tenths of a point off at 5.15 every day, could you help me? That person's going to be here. That person's not going to be uh, over in the Philippines. We've got very good results on the tech support side. We are still working through the bugs 
on the inside sales side. And, and it just, it takes some time. Uh, as we looked at how to do this, we could not add enough people in San Diego and Arizona to meet the demand that we see coming with our patients. We couldn't add enough buildings in San Diego and Arizona in an organized manner. There are 1.2 million people in the Philippines that work for US-based call centers. Much of the healthcare emphasis is healthcare degrees there. And uh, let me turn that off. Uh, and, and so over time, this will be a good thing for our, uh, for our patients. Uh, some may experience some bugs, but th- this, this will become better. Yeah, it's funny because I, I see people say, oh, my sensor didn't last as long as it should. I have to tell you that never happens to us. And, and, and maybe it does once or twice a year and I don't recognize it, but it happens so infrequently. I just think of it as not happening. And it's your, your experience is personal. You know, a lot of times, even with customer oh. service, like you don't listen, I have a tendency when I get on the phone with customer service to talk too much. And I realized one day that when I take a person who's trying to follow their job and I start, you know, interacting with them about the Super Bowl or something like that, they're not focused then. And I, uh, one day my wife said to me, she's like, stop talking to them so they can do their job. And I was like, yo, that makes a lot of sense. So you don't know. I'm not saying if you've had a bad experience with any customer service, it's your fault. I'm just saying that you're, everyone's different and, you know, everybody has good days and bad days, you know, and the person you get on the phone might not have a great moment. But you guys are looking for a way to put that together and so that it works well as often as it can for people and continues to get better. I'm down with that. So let me ask you one question because I know we're too far out from G7 for me to say to you, when is that happening? But my my question would be on bigger bigger ideas like size, wear time, and cost, when will you be able to start talking about that publicly? Not when is it going to be in my hands, but... When are you going to get to a settled point where that's a shareable concept? Next year. Uh, we, we've shown pictures of size. I can tell you it's significantly smaller, but the pictures don't show the whole thing. Uh, it's much thinner. Uh, it's not the size of an M&M as we were shooting for in the beginning, but it is, it is, it is smaller than, than anything else on the marketplace and anything else we've done, and it's very, very thin. Uh, we'll get into wear length and everything uh, as time goes on. We have to run the trial uh, to do that. Right now, what we are doing is we are doing a lot of feasibility work on G7. We've done a lot of the hard parts of Verily, Google's diabetes uh, uh, and healthcare uh, division really was instrumental in developing the electronics in that system, and it has completely new electronics. And we've worked very hard on the mechanical aspects of the system and designing the, ins- the insertion device uh, to work differently, to be smaller, because we did listen to what everybody said about G6. We're, we're, we're trying to use less materials. What we're working on now is what that product's going to look like, and we have to optimize it for a longer wear and make sure we meet the accuracy standards that, that, that have been established by the FDA. So we're looking at things like algorithms and membrane changes manufacturing process, alternate manufacturing processes, fine-tuning the things that Dexcom is really good at so we can get going with this trial next year. As the trials begin to happen, more begin to happen, word leaks <laughs> in the patient community. We've done some focus groups, and all I can tell you, every focus group, when we get the G7 out, they just say, yeah, that's it. 
That's that's all we want. And, and so it's it, it, I, I think it's just going to be wonderful product offering. But what I learned at ADA is so is G6. It's a big step up from what we've had before. It has and, been for us. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I think that in the next year to two years, we'll look back on how diabetes was done prior and just think, my God, that's, you know. Never, yeah. never again. Yeah, it'll look medieval. Never It'll look medieval, and, 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 and when we say that 80% of intensive insulin users will be on some form of sensor, I absolutely believe that now. I, I, I think they, they have to be, because I just think they do so much better, and I think the cost of all this will come down That's excellent. over time. Kevin, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and doing this. We were supposed to do this while you were at ADA, but I had a, a personal thing where I had to move, and I apologize for that. Um, no, it's all good. Yeah, and I have a ton of questions here that aren't specific to you. So I have sent an email just so everybody knows who sent in their questions. And we're going to get Jake Leach back on real soon to talk about the other you, stuff. You can get Jake back on. He's great. Excellent. There's nobody in, in CGM science in the world uh, to have the perspective Jake does because he oversees everything. He's He's been fantastic every time he's been on. And uh, he's, he's very... Uh, open as the way you are. And and I, let me ask you this last question and I'll let you go. Is that a, am I just getting lucky speaking with you and Jake or is that a, is that the way the company works at the, like from the top down? That is the culture that I hope to drive. There are times when, when we are probably more close than we should be, or maybe sometimes I'm more open than I should be, but Dexcom has been built on those types of relationships. Yeah. And, and I learned that way back in my mini med days. Scott, the more we interact with people and, and the more open we are, the more success we will have. There are some things we can't share, but figuring out where those fences are and, and then walking around them it, it, it is easy. I, yeah, I believe it, and I see it too. I ask questions of sometimes people in other companies, and you can hear the pause, and the pause says, is the guy who I report to going to be mad if I say this? And I never, I never hear that pause when I'm speaking with you. Of course, you're not reporting to anybody, but Jake, and uh, and it, it's just refreshing. Jake isn't afraid of what I would say to him either. Uh, he uh, he really understands what we do, and he and I speak so frequently. We're we're always on the same page. That's beautiful. He's just a, a pleasure to work with. I agree. I and I hope maybe one day I can uh, venture out to Arizona and see how you guys are doing that out there too. That would be really give us a few months. But yeah, come first of the year. We'll show you. That'd be beautiful. All right, Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time. I hope you have a great weekend. All right, bye-bye. Take care. Huge thanks to Omnipod, Dancing for Diabetes, and Dexcom for sponsoring the Juice Box podcast always. And to Kevin, of course, for coming on and sharing what's going on with the Dexcom G6, G7, and everything else that he shared with us today. I hope you agree because I certainly do. Kevin is a, he's an open guy and he talks about some things that uh, I don't think are completely comfortable for a CEO to talk about. And he does that with grace. And I just appreciate him coming on and being that open. We're getting ready guys. Pretty soon we're going to be talking about it. One millionth episode celebration this summer. I am putting together a gift bag like you've never seen. Let me tell you what I've got so far in there even though we haven't even announced, even though I haven't announced anything about it yet. Just let me uh, let me tickle you a little bit here. Let me just throw something out here. Let me get my list up. Omnipod and Dexcom swag, Dancing for Diabetes swag. Ooh, 
a bunch of stuff from Stay Put Medical, and you're going to get a Myabetic bag. The winner's going to get a Myabetic bag for free? That's nice. How about a 30-minute conversation with Jenny Smith, the CD you all love from our Diabetes Pro Tip episodes? And that's just the beginning. I am still getting more. One winner is going to get everything. I'll have a complete list and an explanation of how we're going to celebrate the millionth download of the Juicebox podcast coming soon. I just thought I would tease you a little bit with some stuff. Isn't that nice? There's a good list going there. I'm going to get more on here for you, though. <laughs>